Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. On the last July 1st of 2018 that you will ever see, good morning from Coolidge, Arizona. My, we're so happy to have you on you all on board today, and we're uh, going to start right off with a with a, a point that we is the the umbrella of where we're doing all of these studies are about one is where did we come from? We've already answered that not exhaustively, but at least so that you have an idea of how to approach that topic. And secondly, uh, why am I here? And we're in the process of that right now. Why, are we, why is man here? And then thirdly, where are we going? And that's, of course, in our future and not too far off, maybe. So remember that. Th- those are the umbrella questions of where we're going. They're the only three questions in life that matter. Other than them, nothing matters. No, they don't. You know, everything else is just materials, materialism. Everything else really doesn't matter. Where did I come from? Why am I here? And where am I going? Those are the three classic questions. And folks, every child needs to have an answer to those that are satisfactory to how he thinks. Everybody thinks a little bit differently. Now, we go back, we've been discussing... Okay, what's C3 again? I'm sorry. Oh, oh please where, where have you been? I'm sitting right here, writing as fast as I can. we got an ostrich in here with his head in the sand, folks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the first question is, is um, where did I come from? Yes. Because that makes all the difference in the world. That's why we began this series with where, uh, where we began the series, because we want to establish people thinking in terms of where did I come from as a part of the human race, uh, why? Uh, where, where, did I, where did we come from? What's our origin? What's our source? If it's the fumes of rotting vegetation, why, then I guess there is really no sense of accountability. And that's where most of the people are today in the evolution or ev- evolutionary world. We're not there. We believe that man has value, that man has purpose, that there is a real, real value to humanity, men and women alike. We believe that. You know, you just can't beat a human being. And when you see a human being, according to James 3, which we've read in previous lessons, in James chapter 3, it says that how you view man is the proof of how you view God. Don't tell me you have some spiritual idea about God. You're the only way, James says, that a man can really display how he thinks about God is how he values mankind. And we spent a lesson, most of a lesson on that. Don't forget those things. Who is why? Why am I here? Oh, and the first one is then, uh, Nolan, um, is uh, where did I come from? Secondly, is why am I here? 
I'm, I'm glad you slowed me down. That's good. Why am I here? In other words, is there a purpose to man? Is there a purpose to mankind? How does it fit into this big scheme of where did I come from? You know, all of these, that's why we call this progressive revelation. And the third one is, where am I going? And that becomes an individual choice and an individual responsibility. And that's how we conclude this series. Where am I going? Thank you, David. Have you, have you got it? Yes. Okay. If you don't have a, a real origin or, or an origin that is least rooted in meaning, and unlike fumes, then none of those other questions matter. They don't matter. They're right. Nor, nor does the word. Nor does the word. If it you know, has no bearing on our existence. What was that? If it has no bearing on our existence. Yeah, it has, yeah absolutely. And if we don't believe what the Bible says about it, then we have nothing, no place to go that we can believe. Because if the Bible is authored by God and the evidence is way back when we were discussing why there is a book, the evidence was adequate for us to at least acknowledge the, uh, the potential of the Bible being God's message to man. And if it isn't, we have no message. We have no purpose. Go forth and do what you choose, how you choose to do it, any way you want to do it. And if you want to line up for the high windows, you're justified in doing so. What difference does it make? None at all. You're just you're just another uh, you're just another hunk of bark on a tree, and no one's going to stop you, and nobody's going to stop you. God isn't. All right. Beautiful. Got Beautiful. it. Beautiful. Yes. So we discussed then something was going on before the beginning that gave a reason for there to be a beginning. We spent quite a bit of time the last two or three weeks on that issue and you have that that's number one in your in your immediate notes and uh, and then that there were heavenly hosts uh, in number two before the beginning and after the beginning and we, we read a lot of verses there I would like to conclude with Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 2 uh, before we move on to number three this morning Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 2. Well, let's start with verse 1. Let love of the brethren, uh, providing they're in political agreement. What did I hear? <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> yeah, yuck. <laughs> well, you know, there are things that you're, you're, you're going to believe in individual responsibility if you believe in the scriptures. But remember that the parties that we're faced with in this country today, they're, they're warring each other as a means of keeping us from the real issues. Neither of them are addressing what I would consider the real issue. None, neither of them are addressing the subject of welfare. And on and on and on. There's... But let's go on. Let love. Do you, do you have that in the uh, the Greek, Alex? Um, you see, this word is is not the word agape or agape. Uh, it's the word the. There's an article there 
and they miss that. Let the brotherly love type. It's, it's a noun, feminine gender. It's the subject. Let it continue. Let it continue. Let it continue. Let this feeling toward what it means to be in the family of God and a brother in a family of God. And it's in the feminine gender because it means that it has to be operative. It's, it's a corporate aspect of brotherly love that includes both male and female. Just like the office of the eldership is made up of masculine or men, as an office it is always in what gender? Feminine, feminine gender. And so is the office of the deacon in the feminine gender, even though it's made up and the requirements of being a deacon, uh, of, uh, of a deacon are in the masculine gender. Corporately, they are in the feminine gender. <coughs> so that's the operative side. <coughs> so let, this, this is a noun. It's not an emotion. You see, it, it's, a, a, it's a state of being. <coughs> Let the brotherly love, let this type of love. Continue. Now, <clears throat> do not, but that's not our point, folks. That was free. Uh, if you need to feel obligated to make a donation, why go to the website. Uh, verse number two. <laughs> oh, thank you. <clears throat> Sometimes my uh, my flapper between the the uh, breathing and the digestive system um, for three years is, gets out of whack a little bit here. So that's I think we've got it solved. The scientific <clears throat> term for that is gizzard, correct? Oh, it's gizzard. Yeah, it's it's the gizzard thing. Thanks, Alex. So do not neglect. Well, of course we can't understand what we read anyway because we're depraved, so we have no idea what it means to not neglect. Yeah, well, I didn't get any reaction to that. But do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. Hmm. I wonder what the word hospitality means. Because what does it say? You know, if we're going to put all of Peter aside, say, well, it's not for us today. And I realize a lot of it is pre-fall of Jerusalem. But the general teaching here is for people and how to deal with something that is pending to them. But that doesn't mean that these conditions go away. Let, brother, let love of the brethren, let this brother, by the way, that's a mistranslation, not love of the brethren, it's let the brotherly type of love that means you fight, you wrestle, you have conflict, you poke each other in the nose. Don't that how brothers act? Brothers were made for adversity. That's Bible. Brothers are made for adversity. That means when things really get tough, they come together. That's why he says in verse 13, chapter 13, 
verse 1 of Hebrews, that let that kind of love continue. Let that mindset continue. Because your brethren, and that's why the word is Philadelphia there, this brotherly type of love. And that's very critical. That's often missed in that passage. Real love gets gains in strength under adversity. Real love, love gains fails. strength in dealing with adversity. I like that. Good, and that's recorded, by the way. <clears throat> so now, now he says, okay. So I've said that. Now we can go ahead and go our own way. But he continues it one step further. Not only this kind of the, uh, this this kind of state of mind that we have toward the brethren, and a lot of folks today have no idea who their brethren are. They have chosen that on the standpoint of, well, we all play basketball together, or we all like football together, or we all like hockey together, or in this country where we live, if you don't play golf, you're a nobody. You go to the uh, the the clubhouse for a meal. And everybody's talking golf. And if you want to be accepted by those folks, why, you need to be a golf enthusiast. Now, I think that's dumb. Golf, I mean. (laughs) Uh, I just, uh, you know, but that's all right. I'd rather go out and shoot hoops. I was at the park one day not too long ago, and Tanya and the dogs were, we still had the dogs then, and, we were at Chuparosa Park, and they have basketball hoops there, and I was shooting a hoop. Man, I came down, I came across the floor, dribbling, you know, lickety-lickety-speck. I was, you know, almost 80 years old, and I, ra- I reared up, and I, I sank a uh, lay-in. She said, yeah, you probably cleared a quarter of an inch. <laughs> I thought I'd soared into the clouds. <laughs> All right. Enough of that. Do not neglect. Is, is there any question about that? Don't, don't neglect. There are some things you can neglect, but here's one thing you do not neglect. Show hospitality. Demonstrate. To show means to demonstrate. It means to make it apparent. To make it real. And it means to, uh, the other translation actually says to entertain strangers. Strangers, people you don't know, people who you don't know. I like when Steve, my son, traveled um, India and Nepal and Thailand all alone, particularly in uh, Thailand, very seldom ever had to spend an evening meal alone. People with whom he could not converse one word, but he was nearly always invited into their home, partly because he was from America. And people there who are not a part of the big cities have a great respect for America. So he very seldom ate alone. He was no angel. <laughs> yeah. But do, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. Now, folks, that's a pretty straight, pretty straight statement. I don't believe that that statement has gone away. 
We do not practice it because we are disobedient children. If we're, we were obedient children, we would obey that order to show hospitality to strangers and we would not neglect doing so. Not just in the assembly, but folks, it begins with the assembly. But what are you doing to strangers who come into your conversational sphere during the week? Now, he didn't tell us how to do that because every case is going to be different. See, God gave you a brain. He gave me one, but it slipped out. But you see, he, under, he knows that he, that's all that he has to tell us, that if we develop that awareness that we are to do that, we'll find a way how to do it. And we won't find excuses why we don't do it. And that's what most of us are expertise in. Now, by doing this, through this process of showing hospitality to strangers, you have, some have entertained angels. And they didn't even know it. Someone or something with a message. Somebody with a message. And I'm curious to get your take on why that was added. That's fascinating to me. Well, of course, it's based on where we were last week. Understood. Understood that we were talking about the heavenly host, all of the angelic beings that are out there, and I, I don't know this. This is simply conjecture on my part. It has to be. Yeah. But I, I would suggest that there are so many myriads of angels out there and heavenly hosts that they make the population of earth look like nothing. And they've been there from who knows when, because to them, there was no time. Also, could it be that there's value to be gained from conducting yourself in this way, adopting this mindset and acting on it, and value beyond your understanding or even your imagination? Very, 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 very accurate, very true. You never know <clears throat> who you bring into your home or who you sit down at the park at a picnic table with. There is something that they know that you don't know. And when you learn what they know about something you don't know, and if you say that nobody knows anything that you don't already know, I'd say you got a problem. Absolutely. Everybody know something that you do not know. And when you find out and tap that resource, whether it's a man or a woman or a little child, you have entertained a messenger. Now, I think that this very likely is not limited to that, but he doesn't tell us, so we have to have, this is conjecture now. Now make sure you heard me say that. This is conjecture. That I believe that there, <clears throat> at this time in Hebrews, prior to the fall of Jerusalem, that the angels were still operating by God's orders with people of that time. And let me say that whether or not they are now, 
I simply do not know. What we do know is that at one time they were active, and this may include that, or it simply may have it may simply be saying that there are people who have something that you really need to get a hold of if you'll find a way to get it out of them, and therefore they become a messenger to you about some truth, no matter who they are, no matter where they are theologically, no matter where they are politically, no matter where they are socially, no matter what about anything, everyone knows something you don't know. And by the way, no one knows everything that you think they know. So, in accordance with God's teaching, what's the gain here is the what, not the who. That's right. I think that's the point I'm getting at, is we don't know who in this case. But we know that by doing this, there was a benefit, and you entertain somebody because of what they did, no matter where they were from, that you wouldn't have got anywhere else. But we don't cherish that. We feel like we have to be on top of everything. That's why we turn people off. You know what is fun? To go to the park and sit down at a bench and pretty soon, you know, you've got a table full of people. You find out things you just you didn't realize were real. Over and over again. Anyway. David. Yes. I remember back Genesis when Abram Abraham saw the three men coming his way. He started to prepare a meal for them before they were even there. Yeah. Oh, good example. And that's the hospitality. Yeah. that we're talking about here. That's the attitude that a one man should have for others. And he didn't. He had not even had a chance to, to uh, um, interrogate them. No. <laughs> that came later. You know, we 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 like to. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be nice to some folks. We want to interrogate them, right? <laughs> yeah. We want to make sure that they're below us. Well. This just shatters all of that, and that's the conclusion, folks, to uh, uh, where we were in lesson number two. I mean, I mean, number number two on your notes. We've got to move on. Let me read it in conclusion. Let the brotherly style of love continue. We define what that means. Brothers are made for adversity. That means when things get tough, they stick together. But in the meantime, they can fight, they can quarrel, they can pull each other's hair out, but they stay true. You know, I, I get kind of tired of people getting so fragile and so finicky that if you have a, if you have a disagreement or a misunderstanding or maybe it's intentional, first thing you know, they're not your friend anymore. That's too shallow for me. I'm moving on. Do not neglect to show hospitality. Is there anyone that cannot understand that? 
Do not neglect to show hospitality to somebody you don't know before you interrogate them. Because in doing so, some, not everybody, but some have entertained angels without knowing it. And I think those were heavenly representations, but I have not made that as an affirmation. Remember that. So, let's move on. In number three, we go to 2 Peter chapter 2. The scriptures also teach not only that there were heavenly hosts before the beginning. Folks, you've got to remember that before this universe was created, there were heavenly hosts. Heavenly hosts. By the thousands and thousands and thousands. And they were angels. They were angels. They, the hosts were angels or angelic in nature. They had a message. They didn't become angels until they carried a message. Now, before we move on, I better ask him more questions because I don't want to get over this too fast because if this is missed in somebody's process of becoming a Christian, or of getting into alignment with God and how God thinks, we're going to have a wobble. Let me ask a question. From, remember Psalms 103, 103. We spent two weeks around that verse. What is it that the host did? Who can remember? We rehearsed this over and over again last week. They did his word. All right. Um, see, it was one old. I don't. I don't remember what verse it was. Hundred. I know it was Psalms 103, and um, verse 19 and 20. All right. Um, verse third. Verse 20 is when we emphasize. We speak well. The well of the Lord, you His angels, who are strong. They have strength. And what? Who do what? They perform his word. Secondly, they obey, obey his voice. That's an important word because it means they didn't have to, but they did out of choice. We're going to, we're going to deal with that in, in the next verse, in the next number. And then they serve him and they do his will. Those four things. Remember, we went over and over those last week and the previous week. Don't forget it. So what did what did the host do? What did they do in verse 20? They performed his word. They obeyed his voice. Verse 21, they serve him, and they serve him by doing his will. All the way back, even before the creation of the universe, that's what they were doing. Every time we see them in the Bible context, what are they doing? One of those four things. Every time they are doing one of those four things. Remember that. We see them often in the Bible, as Neil pointed out, the three angels coming into Abraham's presence, and Abraham prepares the food. They came and they were doing those four things. 
think of the angel at the tomb. And the angel at the tomb, the one that rolled away the stone. That's, you know, plus other things. Uh, so, was there anything prior to our universe? Of course, there were the heavenly hosts. Are there hosts today? I'm confident there are. All the way through the New Testament, we find angels and the heavenly host. Sometimes angels are just earthly messengers, but sometimes they're, and they are heavenly messengers. And we pointed that out in the type of uh, Jesus. And uh, uh, last week we, appointed, we, we, we looked at some verses regarding that. But how do, how do we know how there, there were heavenly hosts because of the revelation? We would not know it except for, for the revelation of God. And we accept then because we understand that the revelation is from God. God is the creator. He is the only one who knows who's there. He has given us clues and insights within our capability of understanding it with information with what we would have nothing to do with if we had been told it. In other words, God does not give us more information than what we need to do what we have a responsibility in doing. We have to remember that. God is the creator. He knows. And if God is wrong, then we've all got a problem, and we might as well line up for the high windows. <laughs> See, this is what we know, that there were heavenly hosts. What we don't know is if they are active on earth today because we have no revelation since 70 A.D., we have no revelation that portrays that one way or the other. Yeah. If you want to know what my opinion is, I believe that there's a lot more activity going on in that universe that we under, we can't reach into than what we are ready to ready and willing to admit because we are so arrogant. We just can't see that somehow God is behind what's going on in this world that to us seems so terrible. And I'm not meaning that he is actually for it, but I mean he is allowing it because it's going to allow him to perform his work via the angels at his choice. And that's a speculative statement, so keep that in mind. All right, let's go to Second Peter chapter 2. All of that is by way of introduction, and I was hoping to get through all of this today. You've got 15 minutes left. And I'm not going to make it. <clears throat> but let's go to Second Peter. That's all right. Because some of these things, it's obvious that uh, we still haven't got them firmly set in our minds. And how, how are you going to bring someone into the, the good news unless they understand where they came from and, and why they're here? So, 2 Peter, chapter 2. We're going to start with verse 4. He's been talking about Consequences of our choices in verses 1 to 3. Now, in verse 4, 
For if now the fact we can remove that if because but what he's doing he's saying if if what God did there is true and it said he's he's saying it is so true that you can count on that same thing of where he's going to be true as well. It's going to remain consistent. If he, if Solomon and Gomorrah were destroyed in verse 6, well, they are. They were. You can go there. You can go to the bottom of the Dead Sea on the south end of it, and they're still digging up relics from the chariots from the Dead Sea. I've been there. And, and it, he drove those two cities so deep into the ground, they're the lowest place on the face of the earth, they're a quarter of a mile below sea level today. And they have been ever since. And so that's why it's called the Salt Sea. You go out in, in there, you can't sink. You float. Even if you can't swim, you can't drown. Well, I guess you could. <laughs> but you can't sink. Too full of salt. And guess what? When you come out, you better go rinse off. Anyway... If God did not spare, and that he's saying that because it is so obvious to the people who know anything about God that it's not questionable, just like Sodom and Gomorrah are not questionable events. If God did not spare, he's beginning with history. Because, see, the word of God has been put into history. Let's not take it out of it out of its historical setting. When we discussed that way back, if God did not spare angels, oh, did not spare what? Oh, did not spare way back, way back before any of you folks who were around, way back before the ancient world of Noah. Way back. I mean, so far back there was no time. That's a long ways back. I can't remember that far back. I can hardly remember where I came from this morning. But if God did not spare angels, when they said, well, angels can't sin. They didn't have any flesh. See, that's Calvinism. David, you're right on number three. They... These heavenly hosts did have the capacity to sin and chose not to. And they chose not to. Did you see that in there somewhere? Yes, it's uh, it's uh, it's on the heading of number three. Okay. They could and did not. They could and did not. And that's entirely accurate, uh, unless Peter's lying to us. Well, then we got a problem there too. If he is, then we got a real problem. And. You know, it's so obvious. You know, why would he be giving us some some background here that goes back and precedes history? From a historical perspective, he's giving us information that precedes history. That might even precede the rotting vege- vegetation that we came came from. It might even go that far back. It might, well, I don't know. It's so ludicrous, I can't even spit it out right. You know, you got it. (laughs) So God did not spare angels. 
angels, angels, when they sinned. He didn't say they had to. They weren't born sinners. Calvinism says that man was born sinful. If you talk about hogwash, well, I'd rather be a pig than believe something like that. You said that God was born a sinner too. God had to be born a sister. That's right. God had to be born a sinner as well. And where does that put us? And, and all those who have seen the, well, not all of them, that's, in, that's an exaggeration, it's inaccurate. But some of the accounts of men seeing these things, they lost all power in their legs. Yeah. Right down into a heap. That's how, that's how they are. Yep. Is this verse clear? If God did not spare angels, and there's a twist put on this thing by the Calvinists that you can't believe, or by anybody else, I'd, I'd, I'm really not liking to use a lot of labels, but you know, that has become the predominant theology of all of our Christendom today is Calvinism all stemmed out of Augustinianism. But those are things you don't need to understand particularly. We need to get back to what the truth is. We don't need to know everything that is false. We need to grasp on what is right. God did not spare angels. Angels who did not have to do the wrong thing, but they still did when they had no flesh. So what are you going to do about, again, Calvinism says that it is this flesh is sinful, therefore there couldn't be those heavenly beings who sinned because they didn't have any flesh. One of my books on Revelation, that's the point of, that's the point of one of the authors. He, has to be, he, he denies this verse. I believe what he says about a lot of things, but he's, he's dead wrong. God did not spare angels when they sinned. Folks, he did something with them, though, when they sinned. He did something with them. And if, can you get me to the Greek on that? You know, we're going to have to get wound down here. Because um, for the God, if the God, angels that sinned, God did not spare. But chained into darkness. Cast them into it is not hell. If your Bible says hell, it is not hell. <coughs> it is Tartarus, which was the lower half of Hades. Hades was made up of Tartarus and Paradise, Abraham's bosom. Actually, I guess it really wasn't called Paradise. We keep saying that. But he cast them down to Tartarus. So that he, Tartarus was in place. And these angels who sinned, he cast into Tartarus, 
We don't know when Tartarus came into existence. We don't know that. But prior to this, we do. And, and he delivered into judgment or into, into Tartarus to be reserved and to be held up until they could be judged. The English text, going back to that, God did not spare these angels when they sinned, cast them into Tartarus, committed them to pits of darkness, and reserved them for judgment. Then he comes into the time frame of the flood in verse 5, did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah. Interesting how he's going chronologically here. You've got it. He is moving chronologically. That's a good way to approach history. It's chronologically. Now remember, the book of Revelation is not written chronologically. It is written subject-wise. Within those subjects, there's oftentimes chronological order. But there's still chronological order even in the subject issues. All right. So now we have Noah. And then chronologically, we move down to verse 6. And if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to destruction, he reduced them to ashes. Then verse 7, he rescued righteous Lot, oppressed by the sensual conduct of unprincipled men, for by what he saw and heard that righteous man while living among them felt his righteous soul tormented day after day by their lawless. And I don't know how he could because he was born depraved anyhow. But he did because, see, the doctrine of depravity is haywire. Then the Lord, verse 9, now here's the conclusion of that series. The Lord knows how to rescue the godly. He knows how to rescue the godly from temptation and to keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment. Now, we believe that that day of judgment, of which Peter is talking about here, is the day of judgment at 70 A.D., that all of those under the law to that point and previous to the law were all judged at that point. You'd have to get back into the Revelation to understand how we get there. But the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from temptation. He knows how to keep the unrest. See, this is what God knows how to do. He can rescue His way, primarily through the Word, the godly from temptation. He's not going to save you from being tempted. He's going to save you and rescue from the hold of temptation and to keep the unrighteous under punishment for that day of judgment. And especially those who indulge the flesh, and especially those who indulge the flesh in in corrupt desires, which is equal to the despising of authority. Daring self-will, they do not tremble when they revile angelic majesties. Ooh. Who could that be? Who could that be? Now look at the first part of that. 
that indulge the flesh in corrupt desires equal to the, des- the despising of authority. Now, these, these heavenly hosts could and did sin. What their sin was, was to despise and to reject the authority of God. And they had no flesh. They were not physical creatures. That's what makes this verse so powerful. And those who, who revile angelic majesties. So, you know, be careful about what you think about the majesties of the angelic world or the host of heaven. We have to be careful about how we think about that. Folks, this is Scripture. It's not David. Our time is up. And can I say that I'm not done? I would like to read one verse. No, we better not, because I, we're going to stop there. I was waiting for you to get started. <laughs> Alex, I was just waiting for me to get started. Folks, 2 Peter 2, 4 through 10 are powerful, is a powerful passage. And the consequence of it, we're going to look at in Jude chapter, uh, Jude 6. And then we're going to get Jesus bringing this into the equation in Matthew 25. And how he was able to do that from Isaiah 45. Now there's much more. This is not meant to be exhaustive but it is meant to be um, a beginning of your thinking on these topics because we have to know not only where we came from, but why we are here, and that's where we are right now when we find out what this is all about and what we've read today and last week. We're going to find out that man has a real purpose. That purpose is just, just, it, it just there's no words to describe the purpose that we have as human beings. And I'm going to tell you right now, in the meanest way I can possibly say, we miss our purpose whenever we step outside of the Scripture. Father, we thank you that we have these opportunities of proclaiming this part of your message as well as all other parts of it but this in its turn. Thank you so much, and may we think and ponder on things that make a difference. In Jesus' name, amen. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.